Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 there we go. Everybody. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 98 for May 26, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B, coming to you live from New Jersey. Yes, sir. You got the glockenspiel all ready to go. Glockenspiel's over here. Oh. What else? Oh, you were hitting cowbells there? Or Those were my a go-go bell. Wow. You just have a venerable playground of percussion. I have an arsenal, a percussion playground with an arsenal of alchemy. Which to me seems really fun. I would love that. I'm not it's a drummer, but I would love to have drum stuff around that I could just bang on and make noise. So one of these days, man, one of these days I'm going to live somewhere where I can do that because I just can't do it here. Uh, yeah, you probably couldn't do it there. No, I definitely can't do it here. You know, it's funny you say that because me and Cole, my youngest son, were goofing the other day saying we have a xylophone, we have a glockenspiel, we have temple blocks, we have uh, cup chimes, we have crotales, we have Crotale. What's a crotale? all kinds of cymbals. A, crotale, a crotale is like a crotale. tuned cymbal disc, which sounds like this. And then a cup chime is more like that. So we were just goofing saying that. 
we have drums, percussion, shakers, steel drums. We have bass guitars, electric guitars. We have a, a new addition, which is an acoustic resonator guitar. It's like a lap steel kind of. Wow. Very cool. Um, yeah, and then we have, like I said, wood blocks, temple blocks, bongos, timbales, um, electronic drums, two keyboards, a foot synth, like a Taurus pedals. I have a big rolling 15-inch keyboard amp. I have a 4x10 Harky bass amp with the Harky 15 slave uh, speaker with a, a Galleon Kruger head. That's his bass rig. All right, now you're just now you're just showing off. No, it's just that it's, it's taken five <laughs> years or so to assemble it. And like I said, sure. my my dear noise brother, my good best friend Tom McNeil, who passed away last week, who I played bass with for over twenty years, um, he basically, you know, outfitted us with a bunch of stuff because he he wanted all his collection to stay right. together. <clears throat> right. You were telling yeah telling us about that last week. Um, yeah. So like I said, we've nice. we've amassed quite a, a musical, but. I wasn't saying it to show up, but the point was Cole was saying to me that he has harmonica too, which he plays, but he was saying basically play anything. You know, you have every instrument at your disposal. Any, and let me tell you, dude, he's down here a couple hours a day in the studio using every one of them. It's so great. I would be too, especially if I was a kid who didn't, oh, yeah. didn't have to go to school <laughs> right now. No, and he's got the garage band, and I got the <clears throat> mixer, so he mixes down and he you know inputs imports tracks right into garage band and mixes them down, so... I think the next thing we have to investigate after this whole Corona thing goes away uh, is some sort of real recording medium, you know, other than your iPhone or iPad with GarageBand on it. Right. Although I will tell you, it's pretty, it's pretty robust for like a phone app. You know what I mean? It's well, got a lot you, of stuff on it. Yeah, I mean, do, do you have a PC? Do you have a, a Mac where you can do GarageBand? Uh, like uh, I do, but right now he has it on his phone. You know, he's been recording <clears throat> on his phone. Okay, yeah. So you could just do it on a Mac, and that and you'd have a lot more functionality there, right? Um. Yeah. I mean, you can still access all this stuff. It's got you know, like after you initially, you know, initially lay down the track, you have all kinds of effects and compression, and you can you know you can doctor it up quite a bit. I was I was. Cool. Pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's not like a studio, you know, but it's right. for an app on your phone. It's pretty robust. Where you can, well, you know, you can you can have a pretty decent product. So, what else do you think you would need to really make it more? Uh, uh, no, I was saying like since I have mics and I have a mixer and I have you know preamps and amps and all kinds of stuff. I I was thinking maybe of getting like you said like taking the PC, but getting some kind of software for it. You know, not okay. like a Pro Tools or something like expensive, expensive, but something where you could track through the computer, you know what I mean, to a hard drive and have it be more, I don't know, more, good more professional sounding, you know, more like, you know, more studio-esque. More gooder is what I like to say. More gooder. Yes, more betterer. That sounds fun. Um, it's good to have a... Yeah, now, yeah, it's good to have a musical musical project and also musical ambitions, especially at this time. Uh, Chunk is here. He says, "Howdy, I have to talk to Chunk. We got to catch up and uh, reassess where we're at and where we're going." Howdy, Chunk. I haven't, haven't talked to Chunk in a little while. I think he was away for the weekend for a holiday. Uh, holiday weekend. Down in the Ozarks, partying <clears throat> in, in the <laughs> God, in that pool, dude. Pool? I mean, that's even without 
any virus and anything like that going on. I would not want to be in that pool. There were so many people in that pool. That was like, because I went on a cruise last year, and I talked about it podcast last year. Um, oh, yeah. And that's what that reminded me of, that the main pool on the ship, on the Lido deck, was like that, just like wall-to-wall people in the water. And it's... it's the Lido deck, you said? The Lido shuffle deck? The, you know, the the party deck, you know, where all all the stuff goes. The Lido deck. Yeah. Lido. The Lido deck. Um, and I, I, like, I was in there a l- briefly, but then I was like, I don't... There's too many bodily fluids going on in this in this in this pool. I don't want to be in yeah, here. Yeah, there was there was a lot of people, and like he said, the guy said it best. He's like, you know, they're all younger people, you know, for the most part, and no one has masks on, and they're not social distancing, and they're carrying on as if nothing's going on. But you know, the detriment to that is then they all leave there, right, and they go back to their respective places because they were saying that people go there from Arkansas and you know all different places travel to the Ozarks, you know, to go to go there, you know, for Memorial Day weekend, whether they fly in, drive in, however they get there. So now they're going to travel back, you know, potentially could be asymptomatic and right. then could get their parents sick or their grandparents sick and God forbid someone dies. But that's how, you know, some of these places I saw in the news today, they said that reopened early are now having a little bit of a resurgence, you know, There's, because people yeah. aren't doing the right thing that's i i've heard that too and then i've heard other things there's so much information going bouncing around about this from both sides and and it's yeah. like it is so bewildering you know it, it's like because i can see the arguments that some people have on the other side it's not like you're walking around and people are dropping dead in the street you know you can go out you can go do things and and be probably be fine um, you know, I, I mean, odds are in your favor that you're going to be fine. But I get it that this thing is 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 sort of insidious. You know, it's it's not something that appears in front of you. It's something that that creeps in. And I think for the most part, the people that are suffering from this or or dying, we're not seeing it. We're just not, it's not in front of our face. So so people have the illusion that everything is fine because they're just not seeing the the, the devastation of I- it in front of them. And that's where that's where it's like mm, yeah, I can get I get why people are like okay, well, let's go out and just do stuff, you know, we're, we'll be fine. Um and- yeah, but like they said so, you know, every, every person that dies, they said is, is affects at least 10 people around them, right? At least. Right. So, you know, you already have 100,000 people dead, so you already have a million people, you know, that know someone who died from COVID. Right. If not more, you know, yeah, that we know of. which is which is a good chunk of people. Yeah, but it's, but it's, there's, you know, seven billion people on the planet. So it's a small percentage of that of the population. One million as yeah, opposed to understood. seven, seven or so, seven or eight billion, whatever it's at now. Um, you but know, if you look at it globally, like you said, five or six million people have died. So that's 50 or 60 million you know, people. that I don't think that many people have died. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Case wise, right? We're at what six yeah. million cases? Yeah. No, I don't think it's that much. I think it's like three and a half million, and um, over like a million and a half in this country, and then worldwide, I think it was like three and a half, something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, and again, it's I, I like I understand the argument of people because there's part of me that thinks like, all right, let's fuck it. Let's just open everything up and let's go back out and everybody take their chances. And people that don't want to go out, don't, you know, and that's it. I can, I can see that argument. 
I don't agree with it, but I can see it. I like I understand it. And Chunk's just saying. Well, first he said uh, he had an interview in Memphis. That's why he was away for the weekend. But he said he personally knows eight people who have caught it and four who have died. So it's and he's in Michigan. So and Michigan was was kind of a hot spot for a while there. And a lot of folks in Michigan are just being idiots too. Um, but um, right, right. I, like I get I get the lockdown. And I have no problem with it. I have no problem with this whatsoever of not working, of, of social distancing, of staying at home, of wearing a mask when I go out. I have no problems with any of this. Um, but I do understand the other side. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. You know, because people, some people just don't, I don't know. It's not in front of their face. That's all. And they're, they're get, and everybody's getting their news from a different source. So it's, it's all interpreted in, in, based on where you're getting your news from. Um, and yeah, the, the 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 factuality of all of it is is in question all the time. Because like even if you go like if I turn on CNN and they have the running count of people who are infected and people who have died, and like I look at that number, and then if I go to a website that seems reputable to me, like it's called World Facts and has you know a comprehensive graphs and 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 uh, numbers on it, everything. For all over the world, for people who are infected, people yeah, who recovered. Yeah, like the John Hopkins. Yeah, University. it's like Johns Hopkins too, and and that number is always like a thousand to two thousand more than the number that's on CNN. So which one's right? I mean, who's? Yeah, it depends when it was updated and whatnot. But like you said, we don't need to spend the whole wisdom talking about COVID. But definitely, the one thing we can take into account is saying that it's here, it's real, and these are the things you got to do to prevent getting it. You know, regardless of what the numbers say, right? You just have to think about. The reality of the situation, you know, right? Yeah, and it's. So, I like, think like CDC says it doesn't live on surfaces. Then two days later, they say, "Sorry, we made right. a mistake. It actually <laughs> right, does." Right. You know, and listen, it, I get it. You know, there's a lot of unknowns about it, but it's still the same as it was. You know, it can be airborne for 12 minutes if someone coughs it into the air. That's why you want to wear your mask, and then you want to you want to wash your hands and not touch your face like we've been doing. You know, right? But you just got to be cautious and careful. And like you said, you may have had it have it don't know you have it everyone's different yeah that's exactly it everybody's different and a lot of but a lot of people are desensitized to this now because it's been two months plus two and a half months plus of not working of mostly staying at home of you know and now it's become sort there's a complacency to it and 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 again i feel like you know i i'm okay with this i like being at home i like doing my own thing i you know, I'm fine with that, but I could see where other people aren't and, you know, because they're just getting their bored of this. It's like, all right, you know, and we're not seeing people dying all around us. Yeah. A hundred thousand people is not a lot. I mean, is a lot, but compared to how many people there are on the planet, like I could see that. I understand that argument. Um, I'm, I'm pleased with the fact that most people are really respecting it still. I think most people are, are respecting that this is real. Yeah, and I think like you said too, you know, if you lost your significant other or a family member or a, a sibling or a child, you know, due to COVID, you, you'd be viewing it differently than someone who hasn't had any stake in the game, so to speak, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, I mean, there's a really, like I, you said you want to kind of get past this, but this is really going to be, a, a it's got to be a major topic of, of conversation here throughout because of how it's affecting 
everything else because it's it's like I did. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, st- I'll tell you that because I talked about it last week. I did the the live stream on Thursday for Tracy's birthday. Went to the rehearsal room. Yep. Um, oh yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the the keyboard player Seth was wearing a mask. It was a bandana. Uh, it wasn't a, a genuine mask. Um, nobody else was, including myself. Um, and overall, it was a good time. Overall, it was fun. It, it, it's, it's closed quarters too, really. So if somebody in that room was infected, then that would have gotten around that room for sure. Right. Um, I don't suspect that anybody is or was then. Um, nobody's showing any symptoms, and no, none of those people are, are people that have been going out and doing other things, with the exception of maybe Tracy hanging with her her family. Her, she's got uh, yeah. uh, nieces and nephews and, and grandkids and, and all that. Um, but I still felt like I didn't feel scared. I felt comfortable going into that room with those people without any sort of protection. I felt fine with it. I mean, for one, I'm not I'm not really scared of getting sick, and and I have nobody else that I'm going to spread it to if I do get it because I don't go out. Right, right, right. Um, well, the, the the crazy thing is that like, um, you know, now they're saying like people are testing positive and they don't even have any symptoms, like no fevers, no nothing. They're just rolling up, you know, just like you and I talking right now. Feel great, look great. Everything's fine, and then they test. They do the test, and they test positive for it. So it's weird, man. You know, like you could have it and be just carrying it around, and not have any symptoms whatsoever. Yeah, None. but then, zero. Then that begs the question of, okay, so you have it, you have no symptoms, you're not out. You know, you are properly social distancing. You aren't out really in the public. You are wearing a mask. So yeah, then you're good. Then you're good. So what's a big deal? You have it. Okay. I'm, I don't feel sick. Okay, I have this thing. Big deal. Oh, that's the point. That, but those are the people that need to wear a mask because, right, they're coughing or they're singing or they're yelling or they're talking and they're putting droplets in the air, right? And then, like I said, they could be infecting others. Yeah, and from what I, I've seen, what I have seen with people who have gotten this, it's it's sucks. It's not, and you know, obviously if it. Oh yeah, I know a lot of people that got it didn't pass away from it, and they just said brutal, man, like yeah. fucking brutal, like yeah. knock you out. Yeah. Being sick is no fun, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, but it's like the flu on steroids, you know? Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's, it's like, if, you, if, you, if you're having trouble breathing, man, that has got to be one of the worst feelings there I is. think of the anxiety that goes with that, too, right? If you're feeling, you like, know? yeah, and you're feeling like liquid in your lungs and you're just having trouble getting air into your... Breathing is something that we're, nobody should ever take for granted, man, because you have to breathe all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it is something we take for granted because it's just a regular, you know, a regular reflex that your body does. You know, you don't even think about breathing. No one's, hey, see, don't forget to breathe today, you know? Yeah. I think I forget to breathe sometimes when I'm sleeping. I've been told that, actually, by my, my brother when we went on the cruise last year. My brother oh, like sleep like, apnea? Yeah, because like he snores horribly and I snore horribly, and we were both battling with keeping each other awake during that cruise for the four nights or whatever it was. You didn't bring hearing protection with you? I didn't, um, oh, and I don't know how much earplugs would even help because it's like it vibrates the whole room. 
<laughs> wow. But he would he told me it's like like you're snoring and he's like then you you just stop breathing. Like oh. So Yeah. Yeah, sleep apnea. Yeah. Cuz cuz sometimes I'll wake up and I I'll feel out of breath. Like you know, not terribly out of breath, but just still like I need to take some big deep breaths. Um so Breathing's important, in and out, every day. And there you have it again. See, your body wakes you up because breathing's that important. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, well, with the, the doing the live stream thing anyway there, as, as much as I shoot my friggin' mouth off about doing this well, I, I, I came close, but we had Wi-Fi issues. Like, I used the Mevo camera, which Chunk gave me, um, right. and the, 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 the image was great, and we figured out how to get the audio to a different source. We did it to, to an iPad. We had to just kind of record the room. Uh, we didn't have the right cable to go from the mixer to the iPad, but, but it still sounded pretty good. Right. Um, but the Wi-Fi just sucked, and it, 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 the, we, we got like 15 minutes through, and then it stopped, and then I tried to start it again, and it didn't even make it like two minutes. And uh, I think I tried one more time and same result. So he ended up, um, Tracy's husband ended up going live on his phone and then doing it that way. So there was still a live broadcast. It wasn't, it just wasn't ideal. Gotcha. As I would like it to be. But it was fun. It was really nice to play. Um, I, I don't always realize how much I miss it until I go do it again. You know? <laughs> it's not always the case. Yeah, there, there's there's just some something about that feeling that that activity provides that is unlike anything else. When you're loud volume, you're playing a song where everybody in the band is really good at what they they do, and and you have that freedom to just be yourself in the song. Um, and, and you know the tones are really good, and everybody's fired up. There's nothing like it, man. There's just nothing like it. I've done it now, like, uh, you know, a, a couple thousand times maybe with with all that I've played, and, and it still never gets old. You must be getting pretty good. <laughs> I know. One of these days I'll get good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's nothing else like it, man. It's I, I still absolutely love doing that, just playing that that magic that happens when you you – you have four or five people with one single purpose at, at, at one moment in time. That's, um, yeah, nothing else like it. So I encourage people to keep playing. Even if you're not gigging, keep playing in, in any way you can. Cause it does, it, it makes you feel good. And ultimately that's what we want as humans. We do everything we do. We do to feel good. Yes. We eat food that we like because it feels good. We're in a feeling universe. We are feeling be beings. Um, yes, sensory perception, very important. Yes. But the, the sensory perception leads to the feeling. You know, all the, the, yes. the senses just feed the feeling. Feeling is what's... Well, think about it. Everything is excited, right? Visually, mentally... You know, if you're singing, you know, you have that element to it. You know, the sonic 
vibrations, all the sounds that you're hearing, the things that you're feeling, you know, like you said, if you're playing at loud volume, that kick drum that you're feeling in that bottom of the band that you're feeling, you know, it's, it's very, uh, sensory exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just a joy and a treat and, um, to play with people who are really good. You know, those guys are really good. You know, we didn't yeah. play for, you don't really see the, the whole scope of it until you walk away from it for a while. And we hadn't played in two months plus. And, right. uh, you know, just like an old shoe, man, fit right back on and just felt fantastic. Um, nice. Yeah. So I think there needs to be a plan. There needs to, and there, there isn't right now. The, the only plan we as a band have, as far as I know, is to wait until everything opens back up. And there's no plan B. Um, and I think at this point, there really should be, I think it's, it's way past due, really, to have a plan B. But I think, especially by now, everybody should have a plan B as far as playing is concerned, you know? Yeah, What are you sure. going to do? Because what? like you said, you don't know how long it's going to be or when it's even going to be. There's an article that I just read before we did this um, uh, from the New York Times, published a couple days ago. The fall of autumn, live performance producers are giving up on 2020. And it, it uh, cites a bunch of examples of, of uh, major artists who have canceled their tours for the year. Um, and, uh, regional places that are just not reopening this. It's a pretty long article, but I posted it on cover band central on the page and in the group too, if anybody wants to see it, but like Coachella, uh, festival moved uh, to October and they're not saying anything right now about what, what's going on there. Broadway down done for the year. Yeah, I know. Um, and this one I wanted to find here uh, about the uh, the major like pop tours and rock tours are just uh, until further notice and and they seem oh Live Nation yeah uh, Live Nation Entertainment which is the pop industry's dominant power said those decisions would depend on an, the availability of a vaccine or testing protocols. Um, he said, while uh, this is uh, Birchhold, Birchhold, Joe Birchhold, president of Live Nation, he said, while we think that, the fun that phenomenal strides are being made in both cases, given the lead time involved in planning major concert tours and the uncertainties that exist today, we don't expect a large volume of major tours in the fall. So, you know, we're looking at probably next year. You're looking at spring next year, you He's know? saying for... for, for for the yeah, arts we represent, we believe it's, yeah, he says, for the art, uh, this is a talent agent, Rick Roskin, he said, for the artists we represent, we believe it's safer to move to 2021. So, yeah. Well, it makes sense because think about it, right? Like you said, when you start opening up these venues again, you know, you can't social distance. You know, how are you going to have people go to like an arena? You know? Can't. You can't. Which is, it's the smartest thing to do, but it's still freaking crazy. It's, you know. It's unprecedented. You know, like I said, the, the, the power that this virus has, you know, it's shutting the world down. 
you know, it's changing the way that everyone and everything culturally operates. Yeah, we we don't want to repeat repeat of the Spanish flu, 1918, where the second wave was tremendously greater than the first, and we seem to be following the pattern of what they did, and, and it's it, it's different in that the, the pattern is is uh, the the people that are going out saying you know we don't give a shit we're just going to go out and do whatever. Those are the people that are going to screw everything up um yeah only time will tell who knows but as far as the industry is concerned it seems to be the right thing to do you know err on the side of caution you have to you have to if you're representing that many people and you're responsible for that many people so well yeah realization that there's no way to social distance you know Right. And the the only thing they could potentially do would be like what the sports teams were talking about doing, you know, playing the games in empty arenas. Right. But even then, and I was just, they were just talking about it today with, with sports, even then most sports have physical contact and, and at right. least, at least close contact, but you know, basketball, those guys are touching each other. They're sweating on each other. They're spitting in the air. They're, they're, I mean, forget about it, basketball. Uh, um, baseball is still, you know, people are already kind of distant, but you still have people on base and, and that you're tagging people and, and anybody at home plate is, what, are they going to wear masks? No. And to an empty, st- it's like, just. If you, thought, if you thought about a band, though, they're all on stage. There's no real close physical contact per se right and i just wonder if it could be if it was if possible to do that you know you could have a concert in an empty arena and then live stream it you know or pay-per-view it that, that seems to be the way things are going to go that and that they should at this point that is the, the direction i would go if i had that opportunity if i was a performer by myself i would I would do well, if you're a band on tour, you can only broadcast from your living room for so long. It's still a vibe of broadcasting from your living room. You know, it's not like being on stage. And I understand, like you, you know, you and I both know that the crowd makes a big difference. You know, when you're playing, if you're playing an empty arena, it would be a little, you know, a, a little bit different situation because you wouldn't have that energy. You wouldn't have that electricity right. in the air. You know. Right. Right, so there's no point in any artist playing Madison Square Garden to no people. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, and so, right, but you won't get Billy Joel, right, unless he does that, or he does it from his his living room. Right, his living room, or or a professional studio set up for live streaming and with with optimized sound, with with a big stage right. where people can be a part, and. Multi cameras, you know, yeah. people are already doing that and, and having success with it. That, to me, that's the way the the major artists and the major entertainment industry needs to go now. It needs to do start preparing for that, and and the major like the Taylor Swifts and the Billy Joels, they can have concerts where they charge, and you, the only way you can see it is if you you pay, you know. So whatever. That, that's the only way they're going to be able to make money now. Because, I mean, the, before any of this shit happened, most major artists were making their money from touring. 
it's not record sales anymore. It's not publishing. It's because they're getting shit from Spotify and, and those streaming services. They're not getting paid well. So they were making their money touring, and now that's gone for the foreseeable yep. future. It's gone. So what do you do? You have to, you have to live stream. That's the only way you're going to reach people, and you do have the opportunity of doing a real professional setup you know, for the people who are, are major artists and have money uh, and, and label backing still, um, you know, set up a studio, optimize it for live streaming and charge, you know, and uh, there's already major artists doing it and not charging, but that, that seems to be the way it's going to go. And it should to keep this, you, you got to keep the money flowing in this industry. Yeah. yeah, and think about it this way too, like the cost of a concert ticket that you pay for to go physically to the concert, you know, has all kinds of fees. Everyone's taking a cut on it. You know what I mean? Ticketmaster gets a vig, the venue gets a vig. You know what I mean? There's all these people you gotta pay, the road crews, all the stuff to transport the stuff there to get set up, you know, the touring, right? Like you said, it's a very expensive proposition. Whereas like you said, showing up at a sound stage, you know. Now, granted, you know, most of these guys are not bringing their own gear. You know what I mean? It's all being carded and set up for them with a, through a company. You know? Right, right. But even with that, the pay-per-view could be reasonable that you'd be willing to pay for. Like, no one's going to pay $200 for, you know, a Billy Joel pay-per-view. Right, right. Because it's not about the seats anymore. You know, everybody's got the exactly. same seat. <laughs> Everyone's got a, a great, yeah, the best seat in the house, you know? But you might pay, you know, 50 bucks for it. 50 bucks, yeah. Like, to see, like, a Billy Joel live stream where he did a whole concert and was even interacting with fans that are commenting and blah, blah, blah. I might pay 50 bucks right. for it. I might. Yeah. But even, okay, so let's say you're like, I'm not paying. I'll pay 15 bucks. You know what I mean? Right. So you need quite a, you know, bit of subscription to that, you know, to make it, to, 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 you know, to generate some cash. But at the same time, your overhead is a lot lower than playing stadium, you know? Well, let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Your overhead is just nearly gone. But, but you're, not, you're not paying for all that stuff, the security, the parking, you know what I mean? The, the, the lights being turned on in the place, you know, all the people that have to put on that show, all the crew, you know what I mean? You, like you said, you could really do it. It's like going to like, you know, pro sound shooting, a, a, you know, a promo video, you know, when you go, they get the sound stage, they get the lights, they got engineers, they got guys with cameras and it's all done, right. you know. Right. You're doing it with three or four, five people plus the band, not, you know, hundreds of people. All right. So let's say for shit, let's do this math just for, for shits and giggles. Um, say like an art, a major artist like Billy Joel, he wants to do this and he charges fifteen ninety nine a ticket. He could probably get, let's say, uh, let's compare it to Madison Square Garden, which would be about 20,000 people, right? Yeah, and being that every uh, show is sold out, he would probably sell so hundred thousand yeah, reviews. Yeah, fifteen ninety nine with twenty thousand is three hundred nineteen thousand dollars. So, you, if you think it's a hundred thousand, let's multiply that by five. That's a million and a half dollars for one live stream. Yes. So almost, yeah, almost one six. Now it becomes a little bit more yeah. lucrative. I know? mean, economically, that's a no brainer, man. Right there, <laughs> you know. If you, yeah, with yeah, no overhead, a, you could do it from. Over, he's making over a million dollars a gig. Yeah, he could take, you know. No. I mean, and, and somebody like that is fortunate that has a, a catalog and and was able to do something like that, like sell out Madison Square Garden month, once a month he was playing for the last, like, couple of years, I think. Um, 
So, yeah, I think when me and Cole went, it was like show 78 or something or 72, mm. you know, in a row, sold out. Yeah. So um, that's it, it seems the way the industry is going to go because it, 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 the technology is there. The, the demand is there. People still want to see live shows. So it, it's almost like we're going to get into the VR world a lot more where – you're going to be able to i've been watching black mirror a lot too but you're going to you're going to be able to get into a vir- virtual reality situation where you're watching a concert that's live and you can look around and y- like you can you know you, you you're right. you're there yeah, you you're immersed. you're there yeah so i mean it just seems like that's the way the industry is going to go and it it should go because that's that's you're you're serving both aspects of this you're ser- you're serving the artists and you're serving the fans who want who are hungry for something something that resembling a live experience um you know i i, I know it's crazy too that that when we went to see billy in february me and cole went that was the last show he played oh really <laughs> How about yeah that? we saw him the last show before the covid wow um, yep and even then, when we went, we were like cautious to, you know, not touch stuff, and you know what I mean. Like had hand sanitizer with us because it was just starting. You know what I mean? The grumblings of it's here were already kind of underway, you know. Right. So, like I said, we didn't take mass transit into the city. We drove. You know what I mean? We went to parking garage. Wait, was it was it February? Yeah, February twenty uh, fourth, maybe. Okay, yeah. So that's right when it was starting to be a thing. Oh yeah, I, I, three months ago. You know, think about that. You know, three months of time, and the world is turned upside down. Um, it's such a short amount of yeah. time. <laughs> in the grand. Sorry, season. February twentieth was when I went to that show. So yeah, so over three months ago. Hmm. I, can you imagine? You know, so if, that's that's it. If that's the last dude, concert dude, you get it, to go to. It, 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 yeah, it was the last concert we went to, February twentieth, and then poof, lights out. That's it. But you can imagine. Can you imagine? You know, just hypothetically, that in that's the world that that's the last concert you're going to go to, that you're going to be able to go to. Well, well, actually, the last concert I went to, outside of Billy, was when I went. I went to Terrytown Theater and saw Lotus Land, the Rush tribute band. Okay. That was the twenty eighth of February. So yeah, so right. right at the end of the month. So call it so March first, right? So that's yeah, March, April, yeah. May. So it's still three you know, a little shy three months ago, but I'm just amazed at how quickly the time goes under this quarantine. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, like I wake up, it's Monday. All of a sudden you blink your eye, it's Thursday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it's Monday again. It's like the weeks are just rifling by, man. Yeah. Every day it's, it's a very groundhog day. I wake up every day. It's just it the is. same. But, but you know what's thing. interesting, dude? Like we talked about, uh, what was that? April. So April, I started. Remember, I said I'm gonna start my COVID challenge. I start doing these things every day and build on them and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So now I'm like two months in, and you start to see results. You know, you start to see the results of all these little things that you you've made changes to. You know, that you're conscious of. Right. You know, sixty days late. Right. Yeah, it's great. You know? That is a lot of time it, in that. Sense. These little incremental, you know, things, though. It's cool. Right. Yeah, it's good. 
um, I'm, you know, I'm still plugging away. Most of what I'm doing is just routine. It feels, you know, I do my routine Caribbean central things every day. Um, and you know, other just general routine things. It's a weird way to live. It's, it's, I don't mind it. But it is no, it's not terribly frustrating in any way. It's very predictable, you know, in that sense. But it's also, it is dynamic in a sense that yeah, you do the same things every day, but there's, you know, there's different ways you can do them, or you can mix it up a little bit. You know, you don't get up at the same time every day. You don't go to bed at the same time every night. You know, the weather's different. There there are some anomalies that do remind us that you know, but it's it's time is still moving. Or it's crazy, you know, time is still moving by. Or the world is still spinning. You know. The world is still spinning. Things are changing. And that's but the thing, thing, too. Like, if, if everything's going to be put on hold until next year, it's it's May. You know, it's almost June. In in seven months, think about what just changed in the last three months. In the next seven months, other things are going to change in this time But while this all this stuff is on hiatus. So, right. I, I mean, there's going to be an election, and that's huge. Um but just in general, other things are going to change. There's going to be there's going to be hurricanes. There's you know there's going to be other shit going on <laughs> during this time. Right. So it, it, I just want to go back to the music world and and talk about what what should be done. What what can we do? We need to do something. We can't just sit and wait for things. Because I dude, I don't foresee the clubs on Bourbon Street that just had bands and sold alcohol opening anytime soon i don't i don't see that as a smart business move on their part and i don't see how they can can't do it because you can't social distance you know right you, there's unless no, everyone wears a mask and how are you drinking alcohol with a mask you can't and, uh, unless they put x's on the floor right. all over the place it's, it's just yeah, not gonna happen you know even that dude there's no way to police that you know even if they say they're only going to let a certain amount of people in even you know let's say the club holds 200 because they wouldn't let 50 people in here yeah it's you know at a time it's just not a smart business move their 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 only revenue is from alcohol sales and they that requires a lot of people being there to buy alcohol and it's so for people like me there's got to be a plan b there has to be because I just don't see it happening anytime soon, and shit is going to change in the meantime. There's already a, a, a uh, it was a few days ago, last week, a, a string of three clubs closed. On, uh, one of them is on Bourbon Street. Um, Johnny White's, it's called. And there was three, three locations, and they had to shut everything down because that's it. They're done. Like going out of business, done. Yep, done. And they were like a a, a a Bourbon Street, a New Orleans mainstay for decades, and they were gone. So, the, I, yeah. Well, they were saying today on the news how you know the, the 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 top echelon right of companies and individuals and the wealth is basically going to be unfazed by this, you know. Right. And then the middle class, you know. And the small business, like big business, you know, when they say top upper echelon, like big, big industry business, you know what I mean? They're going to come out of this and they're going to they're going to they're going to be hurting, but they're going to survive. You know, it's the small businesses. Right. 
that they're saying, you know, maybe, you know, 30% of them won't come back. Right. But even and that could be everything dry cleaner to a bar to, you know, a deli to your, you know, florist, whatever, you know, they're, they're just not going to be able to come back. Right. And yeah. And even like the club I play at crazy corner is owned by a, a, a family who owns like six of the clubs on bourbon street that are the major clubs that bands play at. Um, right. And they all, all of them, their only source of revenue is alcohol sales. All of them. So th- that they have a lot of money. They have a ton of money, that family. Um, so at this point they could just cut their losses, sell, close everything down, whatever, and just walk away with what they have and probably get some, help from the government too they're probably already doing that um because who the hell is going to want to come to a crowded bourbon street anytime soon right that's what i mean it's you know it's it's going to be a different landscape you know over the next six seven months like you said for the balance of the year you know like I, but we'll see as it starts to slowly start opening up they're saying in two weeks potentially jersey could start like phasing in you know Back to work people, you know, like by middle of June, ish. Yeah. yeah, there's no target dates here right but, now. But even with that, Steve, like you know what I'm hearing and what you know I hear from my clients is that like you know a lot of these other companies are going to phase people in slowly. Like there's one company I'm doing work for where you know their mandate is after. Governor Murphy reopens the state and says business is now open. They're waiting 45 days and then start with like a 30% staff. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas like my company is going to wait, you know, a couple of weeks after it reopens and they're going to do 50% and staggered days, you know, like I might go to, I might go to the office Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then next week go Tuesday, Thursday. Could, work from home the other days. Just hypothetically, could your company continue the way you are indefinitely and be still be productive? Well, a large part of the company's brokerage, you know, and it's very I mean, they're getting very creative in it, but you know, like property showing and tours and a lot of people can't work virtually. But they are saying like if you're a single parent and schools are not going to be open in the fall. You know, which is a very good possibility, right? So I have a five-year-old child, and guess what? They're not going back to school in the fall. They're going to homeschool again until January. Right. So the company I work for is actually saying if for any reason you don't feel comfortable, you can work from home as long as your job allows you to work from home and there's no detriment to what you're doing. Right. Let's say you're a marketing person. You know what I mean? You don't really need to interact with anybody because you're doing everything on the computer, right? And you're sending it to this guy and he's proving it and sending it back and you send it to the printer and you're putting the ads out. You know what I mean? Like you can do everything through the computer, you know, online, right? touch-free. So if you have that ability and you have a small child or you have some reason you have to stay home, you can work from home for the rest of the year as far as you're concerned. Okay. They're giving you that choice. So if I said, you know what, I'm really scared and I don't want to go back to work. I'm going to work from home for the rest of the year without any re- reproach or repercussions and or explanation. I can do that. Right. Well, all right. So let me ask it this way. Has your productivity dropped or 
remained stable or increased during the last two uh, months? Increased. As a whole. I, we're all goofing on it, saying, like, I'm busier working from home than I am when I'm at work in the office. Right. And so, I don't know if it's just a byproduct of the fact that, like, construction jobs were shut down for a while, so there's a lot of jobs in the pipeline, so people are looking for proposals, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of bidding going on. Like, there's a lot of jobs that are, are, are you know, they want to start summer into fall, you know, and they're gearing up for that now, you know what I mean? So I haven't, you know, thankfully, I haven't witnessed any uh, any slowdowns or anything as far as my workload goes. Right. You know, we've been busy, busier than usual, and at least as busy as we were before this started. So there you go. So so in that case, wouldn't it stand to reason that you keep things status quo? Because there's so much, uh, there's so many advantages to this it, as a whole, to to working from home. For one, you're keeping fewer cars on the road. You're saving money on gas personally, but you know for 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 the world, you're just keeping fewer cars on the world, uh, on the road, and that's helping the, the environment, and that's helping track. I mean, it helps everything. Um, you get more time with with your family. You you just get more time because you don't have to commute. I I, I mean the benefits are, are yeah are no big. they're definitely I mean they're they're you know the thing is like in my industry though you know with the construction end of it you have to be on site you have to be you know you can do virtual meetings you know via Zoom and you can do updates and people don't necessarily have to have to even go out you know but the workers you know the supervisor on site project manager you know the guy that's working the job physically has to be there you know and even like from the okay. real estate portion of it if you have property management you know like property managers building engineers that means like you know you go into an office building right there's building engineers there that change the light bulbs when they're out make sure the hvac is working your air conditioning is blowing you know if a tenant has a problem they call they have a staff you know that will go there with you know cart full of tools and stuff and they fix whatever's broken and you know building management and then property management which is the actual people that are managing the property like you go there and say hey i'm interested in leasing some space or you know i have a problem here okay go talk to steve he's over there you know or you can reach him this way like those people can't really work virtually you know what i mean because they're right. hands-on they're work physically working right. much like archives in the field that are building the building you know they're on the site working and we have to put in to you know into effect all the COVID-19 regulations and all the posters that have to be posted and everyone has to wear a face mask, you know, and there's, you know, t temperatures to be taken and all that good stuff and social distancing and all those things need to be adhered to, you know. So for some portion of it, yes, some people could remain staying at home um, full time, you know. Some could probably get away with, you know, partial working from home, but other people definitely could not work from home and have not worked from home. You know, okay. I have several colleagues, at least, you know, a dozen that have not had any work from home time. You know what I mean? They have right. been out in the field from right. day one. They have never, you know, missed any work. They have not worked from home. They have been out on the job right. um, since this whole thing has started, you know? And again, just being very cautious. Right. But I, I mean, even if ultimately it's reduced as far as the people traveling to a location, you know, not only yeah. in your, in your vocation, but in, in others, that's, that's really ultimately good for everybody really. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting the, 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 the earth is, 
is dictating. You know, life is dictating the the way we're going to go. We think we make decisions, but, you know. You know, it's funny. They're asking some scientists the other day saying, like, you know, if, if this COVID lasts, like, another six months, would the Earth, like, be, you know, totally healed? And would all our environmental problems and global warming and everything go away and all this other stuff? <laughs> the, guys, the guys said something like, by the calculations, you know, that they've done, it like the world would have to stay this way for like another thousand years for it to get back to normal. Right. Like to regain, you know, to get rid of all the smog and the pollution and the ozone to heal and, right. you know what I mean, for the global warming to go away. He said, it, this is not like something that could be fixed in 10 years, you know? Right. Yeah, this is just a little... So it's definitely helping, like you said, the pollution and the cars and like we talked about, you know, there's no smog over LA, there's dolphins swimming in the canals of Venice, there's all kinds of you know, interesting things that they're they're seeing that are as a result of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, I wanted to, we, we don't have a whole lot of time here, but I, I wanted to, to talk about this just a little bit. I watched this movie on uh, Netflix. I've been watching a few movies on Netflix because I have some time. But it's a documentary that was just released. It's called ha- uh, Have a Good Trip. Um, and something, the subtitle is something about psychedelics. And it's just basically interviews with, um, famous people who have tripped and what their experience was like. Um, a few musicians, uh, Sting was the, the notable musician in there that oh, freely and openly talked about his experiences with that. Um, I know that's what I didn't really segue to that very well at all, but because <laughs> you, you're like, what? <laughs> But um, saying we should all do acid now, Steve. Well, I, I, I enjoyed the the documentary and and what people had to say about it. And I've had. Have you ever tripped? Have you ever done on acid? No, I have not. Or mushrooms or anything. Nope. No. Okay. Can't comment on that. Okay. You know, can't comment on my experience because I've never done it. Right. Um. I'll tell you what it's like to be hungover. Yeah, <laughs> that's different for sure. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. But I mean, I've been around plenty of people who have or who were or have done, and yeah, there's some pretty interesting stories that definitely come out of that. It's it's inter- Yeah, it is. I I did it. I I did a half a hit of acid twice, and the first time was great. The first time I was laughing. I was m- with my brother and a bunch of our friends, and I was just laughing my ass off the whole time. Like everything was funny, and I I really enjoyed that. Laughing is great. The second time was horrible. It was uh, started out okay, but we were we were it was in Long Island, and we were um, my parents' house, and my brother lived there. He had a room, and I had a room there too. I was living there at the time. It was like ninety one, I want to say, and he had all these like glow in the dark things in his room. Um, like uh, just like little toys and knickknacks and whatever, and he had a black light, and it was that was on, and there were we started making up games with these glow in the dark things, and then Total Recall came on the TV, and we're all watching it, and I'd never seen it before, and that movie by itself is just a crazy trip already. Yeah, it definitely is. And I just I was watching, I couldn't handle it. I was like, I gotta go, I got I gotta get out of here. And I went to the bathroom, and I'm sitting on the can, and I'm like, there's this carpet 
a bath mat on the floor and it's uh, it's a little like crumpled and there were little pieces of paper on there for some reason and it looked to me like the thing was just swallowing the pieces of paper and I'm like I can't handle this I can't handle this and then I went into my room <laughs> and just prayed to get out of it and said I would never do it again and I never did it again but uh Similarly, I've been at parties where people were tripping and some people had great times. And I can recall times where like one guy was totally melting down, like he had bugs on him and he thought his parents were in danger and he was crying and it was just a bad trip, you know, like the, like the old expression would go, you know. Yeah. But the dude was not having a good time of it. It's an interesting documentary, though, how uh, people talk about their experiences and how they, they realize that we're connected to everything and it. it it really slows everything down and you understand everything better. And like sting is real. Like stings interview is worth just watching the whole thing itself. Just how he talks about it and how it's related to music and how he's creative in music and stuff because of it. And he's somebody that I've always known to be like a fitness guy and he's, he meditates and he's like, he's all into holistic type of stuff. But I didn't know that he was like, taken out like he still does like he he it's a thing he's like oh yeah we do it you know do it once in a while it needs to be you need to plan it you need to to yeah like in a controlled environment type thing yeah you need to know where you're gonna be and and be with people who you (laughs) you you love you know it's funny you say that because i remember as a kid i went to a party and there was like a bunch of guys, right? Like five or six guys. And they were, they were like I said, they were going to, they had a planned trip, right? Like they were all going to go and trip and have this great time and experience. And the parents were away and, you know, it was like planned thing. So unbeknownst to those guys, like the brother was, was around and decided to have a party. So I remember going to the party and I remember being invited to the party and going to the party and the story was that these five or six guys were in, like, dude's bedroom and, like, tripping their faces off. And there was, like, some commotion outside. And all of a sudden they open the door and walk out of that room into, like, a 200-person party. And now oh, you're yeah. thrust into it. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, if you didn't know, they did a pretty good job of disguising it. But, of course, the one dude's brother was like, oh, dude, like, tell me, like, this dude and that dude, that dude's tripping right now. That guy's all fucked up. That guy's tripping. If you didn't know, they held their own pretty good. But I can only imagine, like you said, if you have a planned thing, it's going to be peaceful, it's going to be cool, we're going to do this, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're knee-deep in it and you're thrust into a completely different environment that you didn't plan on being in. Yes. Yeah, somebody in there... That uh, probably oh, would be a good trip. Oh Yeah, it was, it was Sting. He told, Sting told this story where he took peyote... And he was just like walking towards his home, and he just like took took a bunch of it, and then it, and he's just walking and just enjoying the feeling, and then like starts hit, he's enjoying the feeling, and then his neighbor, uh, he lived like in a in a farm area, and his neighbor came over and said, "I need your help. My my uh, cow is is having a, a calf." right now and I, I need help with this and he describes this whole story where he's going to, to help this guy give birth to this you know this baby calf um, and he talks well, about he's like and I just and, and he's telling the story and he keeps going and I'm like and I was just getting higher 
and I was just getting higher. And it's 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 really a funny story. As it goes, right? Yeah, like, and, and then he, like he gets to ultimately where he's holding this this baby cap. He's like, and I just understood life and death and everything in one moment. It's it's <laughs> pretty a, heavy, pretty cool. It's like you know, I understand the the a lot of the stuff they talk about, but I feel like I don't need acid to experience it because i i meditate at least once every day and i kind of can still get into that feeling of connection without drugs and it's it's less hostile yeah. it's less hostile that way you know you could still well because you're in control you're in 100 percent control right you know that's why it's so less hostile because you're you know, when you when you take acid or some kind of mind altering drug, you're not in control anymore. It's taking you, like you said, for the trip. It's taking you on a ride, right? Yeah. And you have no control of where that's going. You might have a great time, or you might have a shitty time. And if you're having a crappy time of it, you can't get out, right? Like you said, until it wears off. Yeah, that was the feeling I had that second time. I, I was like, I hated that feeling. I hated the feeling of not being in control. I was like, I can't. I, I didn't feel good, and I was like, I, I can't control this. I can't get out of it. There's nothing I can do right now, and I did not like that feeling. I, and that's why I promised myself I wouldn't do it again because, yeah. It's, right, because you had, were forced to ride it out. Yeah, and fortunately I did. I was able to just kind of go to sleep. But, um, yeah, not, not the, one of the, the least fun experiences of my life was that. So don't do drugs, kids. That's the lesson here, but but the documentary is interesting anyway to watch it. Um, all right, man. No, it's probably pretty cool to see the insight too. You know, like you said, the sting got from it. You know, I mean, work for him. That's great. But I'm sure he had some bad times too. He just didn't talk yes, about. Yes, he no, he did. He did talk about that too. Um, oh, yeah, and and you know, kind of gave advice to people on, you know, how to to avoid bad trips. Um, it's if nothing else, the documentary is entertaining to watch it's 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 well done um and it's funny and it's, uh, and what's yeah. it called it's called have a good trip and some and the subtitle is something about psychedelics it's on netflix if you go to netflix you'll see it they're they're pumping it up yeah have a good trip um, cool um all right cool uh i i just want to say like kind of to recap the whole everything that's going on thing to musicians just have a plan b man to do something else just in case because if hypothetically clubs and bars don't open back up anytime soon for bands for live entertainment you you're gonna need to figure something else out and and i really still um highly recommend the the live streaming and connecting with an internet audience because that's all you got right now so all right stay safe everybody It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.